do you like scary movies? I hope so, because Scream's like the only big movie coming out this weekend. Otherwise, you're kind of out of luck. This review is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Visit athleticgreens.com slash Dan to get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Dan, and stay tuned at the end of the review for more info. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my review of Scream, which is the same name as the 1996 film Scream, but a different movie. This is really getting tough. Between just naming movies the same thing and adding the the to movies, we're making it so difficult, really, for future generations to keep track what is what. Scream is a self-professed requel, which is basically a sequel that brings back characters from the previous franchise in order to help reboot everything. And if that sounds very self-aware, then that's probably because it's a Scream movie, and at its heart, that's what these things are. This Scream was written by Guy Busick, who co-wrote 2019's Ready or Not, and James Vanderbilt, who's written movies ranging from Zodiac, yay, to Independence Day Resurgence, yay. It also comes from the directing duo of Tyler Gillette and Matt Bettinelli-Olpin, who also directed Ready or Not, which is a movie that I really liked a few years ago. So going into this film, I was optimistic, I was enthusiastic, but I was also very cautious. And part of it is that I am of a generation that grew up more or less on these films. I saw the first one when I was 13 years old. A couple years later, when Scream 2 came out, I cashed in one of my very valuable limited number of rated R movies to go see it in a theater. I saw Scream 3 when it came out and was very confused about why Jay and Silent Bob were in it. By the time Scream 4 rolled around, I was living in Los Angeles. I didn't even go see it because I was sort of over the franchise. I watched it eventually on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, and I enjoyed it, but I really think that the sequels have sort of taken a step down with each successive installment. So Scream 2 wasn't quite as good as the first one and on down the line. Luckily, this one falls a little bit more on the positive side of things because while I don't think that this approaches the heights of the original Scream, I think it is the sharpest film in the franchise since that original movie came out back in 1996. And it honors the legacy, not just by acknowledging the people that are in it, but acknowledging why this franchise was so special to begin with. The new lead in this franchise is Melissa Barrera, who is a breakout in last year's In the Heights. She plays Sam Carpenter, who returns to Woodsboro just as a new series of ghost-faced murders break out that may or may not tie into a dark secret from her past. There's also a new generation of self-aware teens, including 13 Reasons Why's Dylan Minnette, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's Mikey Madison, Booksmart's Mason Gooding, and more. Also returning are original cast members David R. Kett as Dewey, the now-retired Sheriff of Woodsboro, Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, still chasing murder stories, and Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott, the original main character of both this film series and the film series within this film series, which is called Stab. At its core, Scream has always been very meta. That's what was so refreshing about the first movie to begin with. It got further and further away from those roots as time went on. It stopped being a commentary on the horror genre, and the movies became more and more just another film that fell into those same traps. This movie goes back to its roots as we deal with the legacy of the Scream franchise, the legacy of the Stab franchise inside the Scream franchise, and then the legacy of the legacy of both of those franchises. And this is the kind 
kind of navel-gazing that could get really tedious or seem very, very self-indulgent or very congratulatory. It doesn't go that way because this is a film series that has always been willing to have a little bit of fun at its own expense. And here we have in the 25 plus years since the first Scream movie has come out, not only been able to amass a number of movies in the Scream franchise to comment on, but we've had this explosion of remakes, reboots, sequels, prequels, requels, whatever you want to call it. It's all fodder for this movie to delve into so that it's not just a movie, it's a commentary about movies. And and I really do think it's the first time that, that this franchise has been able to do this in a successful way since 1996's original film. We sort of moved past even the reboot phase and it's more of just like the reflection phase for Scream. So we have characters sitting on couches talking about the plot points that we're watching unfold in the film that we're watching in the theaters. There's even like a meta-meta moment where we're watching a character watch a character watch a movie in a movie we're watching that's a recreation of a movie that we've already watched. And if that sounds tough to keep track of, don't worry, the movie doesn't get too convoluted and too mixed up. It is at its heart also a very simple film, which is ghost face person with knife everyone run 2022 scream is also a movie that picks up momentum as it goes and i was glad that it did because the first 20 minutes or so i was really on the fence about the movie the opening sequence and this is a franchise that is famed for its opening sequence but it fell so flat and seemed so uninspired that i honestly thought that they were setting up that this was a, an uninspired opening sequence from uh, a reboot inside of the series like this was the opening scene for the stab reboot so that you could then and say, oh, look, see how uh, how cliched and how derivative this was. Uh, but it turns out that it wasn't, and we cut to the title card, and it's actually for Scream. Luckily, they're able to pull out of that dive a little bit because they tie things in a little bit more. It's not just a cold open. It's actually an inciting incident, and it ties into the characters in the film. It's not just one of these murders that sort of starts things off with a big splash, and then we go on to the real part of the story. And I was glad that happened because it really didn't get going for me until you started making all of these different connections between the characters because I do think that this isn't a perfect film. It's 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 a good film and it's a movie that I've enjoyed, but it also kind of tries to have things both ways. This is an extremely meta film, but at times I think it also falls into those easy horror conventions uh, that they're talking about uh, and not necessarily in an intentional way. And I think if they had been a little bit more inventive with some of the plot points, etc. For example, there's one character who is... He was on screen for so little time and is so disposable that I was uh, convinced that the movie had some bigger gameplay here going on. They were conspicuously useless. And so I think at times it almost thinks that it's smarter than it is. And I wish that sometimes it, it had been. But at the same time, you have a combination of these solid horror roots and then a really strong cast that anchors this whole thing down. One of the important factors in this film's success is the performances, especially from the returning characters. There's no, uh, no no pun intended, phoned-in quality here. It's obvious that they're energized by this franchise's new direction. The new faces in the cast also bring a lot of depth to their roles. In many cases, because this is a slasher film, some of those roles are short-lived and could be disposable, as I found with one or 
two of the people. In addition to the other actors that I already mentioned, Jasmine Savoy Brown fills the Randy Meeks role in this movie as the expert on movie tropes. That's a role that you need a lot of confidence uh, to pull off in order to be essentially an exposition machine. And really, I didn't have a qualm with any of the performances. Sometimes when you have these ensemble young adult casts, either because a part's underwritten or maybe you don't have the best actor in the part, there's some that don't come off too well. I think that the performance is pretty much across the board are pretty solid in this movie. Of course, this is a Scream movie, so there is an element of mystery. There is a whodunit. This isn't like Michael Myers or Freddy Krueger where you know who the killer is. The big reveal is part of every Scream film, and I wouldn't dream of spoiling any part of the resolution of this mystery. It is one of those mysteries that I think is well done because it makes sense when everything is revealed, but at the same time, you can't necessarily sit there and guess what's going to happen. And Scream actually has been able to do that fairly consistently well. Maybe you could guess, oh, I think this character is the person or these characters are the person, but you don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Without giving anything away, I I really am curious to see what the reaction is going to be in certain corners of the internet because it is an ending that I think could be considered by some people to be openly provocative. I went with it. I bought it. And I think it is, again, part of that self-reflexive thing of holding a mirror up not only to the characters, but also to the people watching the movie. I thought that it was a pretty clever way to go, but I don't know if that sentiment is going to be shared by everybody. There are also some surprise moments and familiar faces that pop up that you wouldn't know about. I think that a lot of fans of the Scream franchise who have been fans for many, many years or who have caught up on all the films are going to appreciate the movie all the more for it. There are even references to movie moments that I think are outside of this franchise there's one in particular that's either a specific reference to a movie or the most specific typecasting I've ever seen in a movie. And it's another thing that I can't really talk about. But if this isn't a reference to another film or kind of a wink and a nod, then this is the biggest cosmic coincidence as far as casting and writing that I've seen. It's also funny to hear uh, stories about, I remember when the first movie came out and listening to the commentary on the DVD of the first Scream movie, that's how old I am, about Wes Craven saying how hard it was to get some of the blood and gore through the MPAA at that time in order to get Scream an R rating because so much has changed in the last 25 years and now we're at a point where uh, The Walking Dead is putting the kind of blood and gore that would normally be reserved for a hard R movie uh, on television in primetime on Sunday nights. That gives the Scream franchise license to sort of keep up with the times there as well. And these murders are the most grisly and brutal of any of the murders that we have seen in this franchise so far. Uh, This is not a Texas Chainsaw type franchise. It never has been. They're very simple kills. It's just a person in a mask with a knife. However, because more and more is now acceptable on the violence front, we really get up close on some of these things. And there is a a speed uh, and a ferocity uh, to these murders that uh, we haven't seen before. And I'm not necessarily saying this in a, in a disapproving way. I mean, murder is a very uh, fierce action to take. Uh, and and it's always been kind of funny when it, it is sanitized to a certain sense. But uh, Ghostface certainly has seen some upgrades because uh, there's a lot of popping out of places and then just murdering with brutal efficiency uh, that we haven't seen before. Because so much of this movie does deal with the legacy and the characters from The Return 
returning film, even though you are bringing in a lot of people, I wouldn't say that this is necessarily a place for you to jump in to the franchise from the beginning. I think you'll probably like it just for what it is, but the real appreciation comes with knowing where they're coming from. There are many nods, as I mentioned, not only to Scream, but to Stab, the franchise within the franchise, that you'll appreciate if you've seen the different film sequels. This was something that was made and is unafraid to be aimed at fans of the franchise in general. It's kind of brilliant in the way that the franchise is set up because you have this stab franchise inside the scream franchise and so you can make those referential franchise things and talk about oh remember when the original came out 25 years ago and it doesn't come off as belabored it doesn't come off as too winky winky it treads that line a couple of times but overall i found this to be an enjoyable movie i don't think it's as groundbreaking and brilliant as the original but keep in mind I'm of a generation that that saw the impact of that original film in real time. And that's something else that this movie talks about is the difference between people that were around when the originals came out, people that are here now, the reactions to all of them. Almost all of it works for me. So I think especially if you're a fan of the Scream franchise, you're going to enjoy it. I enjoyed this movie. Like I said, I didn't think it was a great film, but I thought it was a pretty good film. And it's worth your time to see this weekend. Before I wrap up this review, I just want to thank the sponsor for today, and that is Athletic Greens. I talked about this on Charts on Monday, but I just turned 39 a week ago, and part of that process for me as I'm looking right down at 40 years old is to take better care of myself. And luckily at this time, Athletic Greens came aboard as a sponsor for the programming on the channel. I have avoided these kinds of things because I generally don't like things that are good for me, but Athletic Greens actually has a good taste. You can just put a scoop in a cup of water every morning. We've actually got into a routine here where I throw some in with some ice and some fruit and a little bit of milk and I make a smoothie and it's a great way to start my day. It's something that I actually look forward to instead of dreading. Right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. No need for a million different pills and supplements. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Dan, D-A-N. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Dan to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And I want to thank Athletic Greens for being a sponsor for today's review. And I want to thank you for watching. Are you heading out to see Scream this weekend? Do you like scary movies? That's a question that's been asked in all those uh, different movies. Uh, Maybe we don't. If you're fans of the franchise, you'd think we would. Let me know down in the comments below. And as always, if we want to see what else I'm up to, you can check me out on Patreon at patreon.com slash Dan Merle. This upcoming Friday, uh, so tonight probably as you're watching this video, we're actually having a watch along for all of my patrons for Scream 1 through 4. So we're doing a marathon of the Scream franchise for people that may not be caught up. We'd love to have you come join and have fun with us watching those movies. Thank you so much for watching. Stay safe out there. And I'll see you next time. Bye.